Welcome to Speak for Yourself. I'm Marcel Swally. He's Emmanuel Acho. Let's get it started with the sentences. <laughs> oh, Philly got James Harden in the blockbuster trade, but it has not all gone as planned. Let's say that. He went up 2-0 in their series after another game without Joel Embiid. My eye. Harden scored 20 points on 15 shots last night. Ugh. And in the playoffs this season, he's averaging about 18 points on 40% shoes. I choke. Come on, man. Should the Sixers regret trading for James Hall? At this point, man, you have to sell. If you are a Sixers fan, when you got James Harden, you thought this was your year to go to a title. Okay. If you are a Sixers fan, when you acquired James Harden, you thought you were acquiring a star. You thought you were acquiring a top scorer in basketball, maybe a top four scorer in the NBA. That's who you thought you were acquiring when you acquired James Harden. What you did not realize is you were acquiring, hopefully, the fourth best scorer on your team behind Maxi, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. The Sixers have to regret trading for James Harden because what is regret? Regret regret is when you look back on a decision and you wish you could do something differently. That's typically what causes one to regret. When I look back on trading for James Harden as a Sixers fan, somebody who bled and somebody who sweat in Philadelphia for Philadelphia sports, I wish they would have done something differently. Ben Simmons was worth more than this version of James Harden. Okay. That's why I regret trading for James Harden. It's not that James Harden is not giving you more than Ben Simmons was giving you on the bench. It's just that knowing what Ben Simmons had as far as value with Mm. trade bait, that's worth more than James Harden. Ben Simmons is worth more than the fourth leading scorer on the 76ers over the course of their playoff games. Ben Simmons is worth more than James Harden averaging 18 points per game. Ben Simmons was worth more than this decaying and decrepit version of James Harden. So I regret it because I thought I was getting somebody that was getting me closer to a chip. Mm. I didn't realize that James Harden was so far away from who we thought he was, that he actually was a third, fourth, fifth most talented player on a team, I think you should absolutely regret trading for James Harden. Um, No, you don't regret trading for James Harden. Excuse you, Dougie Fresh. Yes. Um, I'll tell you why you don't regret trading for James Harden. Because a lot of times people go under this misnomer that uh, sports – is a microcosm of life, you know? And I hear it a lot. It's one of those cliches that the broadcasters, we all use when we get stuck and we don't have any more notes. Sports is a microcosm of life. Let me tell you something. It's not an exact parallel. There are things that are obviously in commonality, but this is not one. Why? In life, you can have regret. In life, you can be like, damn, I need to make a better decision next time. So that decision that I made before, maybe I would alter it if I could. But what you learn in life and what you're going to learn in sports is this. You can't change the beginning, but you can change how it ends. And when you're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, they know they can't go back and reverse that trade. They know that they can't even go back and start to think about, I wish we could have reversed that trade. Because at that time, you were going after James Harden. You're going after a former MVP who's a part of a trio that just doesn't seem to be working out. A dysfunctional trio because they're all not available at the same time. Or when they're all available, someone's injured. So you're not looking at James Harden with any of the warts you're looking at him now present day with. So you don't have any regret. You made the proper decision in that moment, and now you don't have the exact results you desire. That doesn't lead to regret. That leads you to not further commit going forward. Here's the example. Let's use life, as you like to say, relationally. Okay. I I like that word, too. You won't regret when a, a situation you break up with your girl. I wish I never met her. 
I wish I never got her number. I wish I never ever went or went on that date. I never wish we ever did anything. You learn from that mistake and go forward. Because trust me, if you thinking that, I know what she thinking. Same damn thing. Like Acho is the issue. So in this situation, Philadelphia 76ers, you made the right decision. You go after James Harden at no that far. moment. Now that decision hasn't paid off. Okay. And that's all you can say. We won't further commit to Fair. you, but right now, to this point, no regret. I was gonna be dramatic. I was gonna raise my voice. You ain't already? I was gonna be very exaggerative. <laughs> Demonstrative. Um, but I realize you're right. Come on, man. Um, the Sixers made the best decision with mm-hmm. the information they were given. Thank you. That is true. Yeah, that's it. But just because you make the best decision with the information you are given does not absolve you from regret of the decision and the choice that you made. I'm listening. You can understand you made the best decision with the information that you were given. Bang, bang. But you can still regret the decision you made. That's where the 76ers fall, Sal. Let's hear it. Yeah, they made the right decision, but look at James Harden where he is now. He was averaging 29 points per game when he was in Houston. Mm. Then he's with Brooklyn, and he's averaging roughly 23 points per game. But then he continues to pivot on, and now he's averaging just 20 points per game. I understand when they acquired James Harden, they figured they were going to get the 23, maybe the 29 points per game, James Harden. But what they got instead was this 20 points per game, James Harden. Even worse than that, though, is it's not even as if James Harden is trying. Keep this full screen up for one moment longer. The more telling stat is the numbers to the far right. See, in Houston, he was putting up 20 shots a game. Then in Brooklyn, he was putting up 16 shots a game. But now he's only putting up 13, 14 shots per game. For me, that is more telling because it's not even that James Harden lacks the skill. It's that James Harden lacks the will. Mm -hmm. And that is more damning. Mm -hmm. So I feel you that the Sixers made the best decision with the information they were given. But you can still have some regret, big dog. It's like this. Mm -mm. I've had food poisoning once in my life. You did? One time. When? When and what? It was July 4th, 2013. That's up your I was holiday. eating some salmon crab cakes. Sound great. No, nah, really? really? No, nah, not crab cakes. Salmon cakes, obviously. Salmon oh, I'm about to say, God dang. No wonder you got food poisoning. <laughs> no, that didn't sound good. I was eating some salmon cakes, y'all. Mm. Ate them things, went down. Ooh, tastes good. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, I'm throwing up. Yeah. It was the first time the scale had seen less than 230 for me since my junior year in high school. Silver. I was 228. Silver lining. Now... I made the best decision with the information I was given. I ate the salmon crab cakes. What's wrong with that? Salmon cakes, what's wrong with that? Healthy, (laughs) nourishment, all that. But so, did I regret eating them in hindsight? Mm. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. Why? Because it did not play out Mm. how I thought it was going to play out. Mm. So while I made the best decision with the information I was given, the two things are not mutually exclusive. You can make the best decision, which the Sixers did in acquiring James Harden for Ben Simmons. Ben Mm. Simmons don't even want to play basketball. James Harden not only wants to play, he wants to win. Mm. But just because you make the best decision with the information you're given does not absolve you from regret, big dog. Oh, I think that example proves my point, but we'll get to it. Where you get where you get the salmon crab cakes from that you keep calling salmon crab cakes and they salmon cakes? <laughs> Airport? No. Airplane? Liquor store? Where you get them from? Somewhere you weren't supposed to eat them. It's called MyFit Foods, which I think went bankrupt. Probably because of the <laughs> Probably because you sued them. All right, let's talk about it. Oh, I show up here. Wants to use new evidence to relitigate an old decision. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't do that, Acho. Don't do that. Especially when you're talking about something that's not static. We had this conversation yesterday in a different form. When you're talking about a salmon cake, someone prepared it and someone said, this is what it is. 
And that's what it is. It won't change. One game, it won't give you 30. One game, it won't give you 15. One game, it won't give you 10 dives. It's a salmon cake. Eat it. James Harden, not that. When you're talking about putting James Harden on the Philadelphia 76ers, you don't know what you're getting, and what you're getting is going to change every single time you watch it. Every single time you watch it. Let's talk about this situation, seriously. At the time, who was James Harden? That's all we need to say. And then you can look back at that decision. You say, that was the smartest decision to make. Do you know that at the time of the trade, James Harden was the only player, only player in the NBA averaging 23, 10, and 8? Only two players. Let's drop it down a little bit to include somebody. Be inclusive. You know how social issues are now. 23, 8, and 8. Only two, him and Luca. Would you have made a trade for Luca? Yeah, buddy. Would you make a trade for James Harden? They got the same stat line. Only them two qualified for that. Yeah, button. Harden was second in the NBA in assists when they made the trade for him. What was clouding everything was two things. How much James Harden is producing for this trio in Brooklyn? And two, how much of James Harden being a part of a trio is holding him back? Now you have new evidence but you can't relitigate that old decision or put a different emotional state on something that was proper at that time. But, Sal, we did not acquire, we being the Sixers, did not acquire James Harden for assists. We acquired James Harden to be a threat, particularly a three-point threat. Spread mm-hmm. out the floor, mm-hmm. let Joel Embiid eat. Because at the point in which they acquired James Harden, Embiid was already having an MVP caliber campaign. Okay. So all you needed was James Harden, go out there and give me buckets. I need somebody else dynamic to couple with Joel Embiid. And James Harden for a game or two did that. Yeah. But then all of a sudden that has waned. How can James Harden be the fourth leading scorer on the Sixers in the playoffs? That is completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Maxie, it's his second time going around in these playoffs, second year in the league. Tobias Harris, he's not supposed to have more points than James No, I'm with you Harden. all this right so now. When I look at it, I'm just like, it's completely unacceptable, but this is what's most telling. <clears throat> Knowing what you know now, you would make a different decision. And because we have more information, Cell, we now have to make a different decision. So, so, but hold on. Let's use Baker Mayfield, your boy. Kinda now. You're coming over here. Uh, you made him the number one overall pick. There was a time where you loved Baker Mayfield, Cleveland. And now is the time, this time, this moment right now, not only do you not like a Baker Mayfield, you hate Baker Mayfield so much, you don't even want to give him $5. You don't even want to help him get out of town. You don't even want to help, right? Yes, sir. If someone walked up to the organization and said, you guys regret drafting Baker Mayfield, they better not say, hell yeah. You know what they would say? We made a decision. We rolled with the decision. That's it. If you get divorced from your wife, you're not going to sit there one day and say, I wish I never married her. Bro, Who in the hell are y'all people? Who in the hell are y'all people? you lying. I know I'm not lying. Do or I, do, the, do the Browns regret picking up Baker Mayfield's fifth-year option? Fifth-year option? Yes, sir. Yes. yes. Yeah, they do. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, yeah, they, they do. do. Because they're like, yo, if we knew we could have acquired Deshaun Watson, no, no. we never That's wrong. would have picked up his fifth-year yeah. option. I know so many people. We could That's walk through right. the halls of this building. That's you wrong. regret getting married to your first wife. You going, oh, my God, absolutely. Speaking. If I knew who they really were, Pump I the would never would have married them. Yeah, but if you knew who you were, you wouldn't have married them, too. Uh-oh. <laughs> did she reveal something to you, or did you not uh, discover something about yourself? Let's get to this. Baker Mayfield. The only reason they regret the fifth-year option, you thought you were, that wasn't a champagne moment. They regret the fifth-year option because they still got to pay it. 
<laughs> you might be mad at your ex-wife because you still got to pay her. But I'm talking about the decision at that moment. I'm talking about the time that you guys spent together, the duration of that. If they didn't have to pay Baker Mayfield anything going forward, they wouldn't regret no fifth-year option. They'd be like, well, who gives a damn? But it's a consequence that comes from this. Philadelphia don't owe James Harden nothing. He's trying to get his money. But there is a consequence. What's the mo- what, what? Now we're now we now, having a real conversation. Oh, we weren't before? No, sir. I was. There is a consequence <laughs> because the consequence is you are now depending upon James Harden to be a dude that he is not. Mm-hmm. See, by trading for James Harden, you assume that if something were to happen to Joel Embiid, James Harden can carry me at least through a series or two. James Harden's done that the entirety of his career. He carried the Rockets yeah. to the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals, carried the Rockets to the semis. James Harden, you know, with minimal help, mm-hmm. can take you far. So, without Joel Embiid, you still know I got James Harden. We can go somewhere. We can go to distance. Yeah. The reason there is regret is because the Sixers are tethered to James Harden, at least for the right here and right now. And we are in the prime of Joel Embiid's career. The mm. prime of it, the peak of it. That's now, right. Joel Embiid's career might be wasted Mm-mm. this season because James Harden can't do what we thought he was supposed to do. That's why the regret is there. But they didn't bring him in for that. They brought him in because Joel Embiid didn't have a running mate. And now... James Harden doesn't have a running mate. Y'all let Ben Simmons go because he couldn't show up for the moment with Joel Embiid. Now, if you really want to go there, let's talk for James Harden and his side. Where are you at, Joel Embiid? I can't do this by myself. Have I ever done it by myself? Have you done it by yourself since you looking at me sideways, Joel Embiid? So what we talking about here? Jump what we talking about here is in basketball, as we look around, outside of maybe Dirk Come on. and even Dirk, everybody Nuh-uh. needed their sidekick. No, sir. Everybody, LeBron on down, Jordan on down. You can have an argument, but you know I'm right. That's why you spinning. You need your sidekick to win a chip, but you don't need your sidekick necessarily to get there. Think about this. That's true. The Heat, they won without Jimmy Butler, four straight without Kyle Lowry. The Bucks won four straight without Middleton. The Celtics, they just won without Smart. Mm -hmm. The Suns won two out of three without Booker. The Mavs won two out of three without Doncic. Now, Booker and Doncic, at least we have to say they're comparable to Embiid. I'm not going to sit here and act like Kyle Lowry Lowry is, but at least we have to say Booker and Doncic are comparable to Embiid. I'm not asking James Harden to win the NBA Finals today, Mm. but can you win a game in the Eastern Conference semis, please? That's all I'm asking you to do. Just give me a game against the Heat. What, 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 What seed was the Heat? See what I want to see, sir. So now give me this example. Since you're doing it on the fly, I hope you can do it. I don't know. What team without their best player beat the number one seed with just the cast of characters? Don't get quiet like it is right now. Oh, that's a whole different animal. What you put James Harden in in terms of predicament, no one else has dealt with. So therefore, that's why James Harden looking at y'all like, don't. I'm giving you 20. And oh, I can't give you more because I'm going to blow something. My hamstring, something going to give because James Harden is not in this proper level of shape. He's not optimally trained for this moment right now. Plus, he doesn't have his sidekick. So um, we're looking at the, the series this year. You can't name someone else in this same position predicament going against the one seed for a reason because of their depth, because of the, what their talent level is and their coaching but, uh, and you, say you can overcome it. But here's what we can do. We can look historically when there are two players that are supposed to be a supreme talent, whether it's uh, uh, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, because Steph Curry had to get through a series without Kevin Durant, Mm -hmm. whether it's LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. LeBron James had to get through series without Kyrie Irving. We can look when you're talking about two supremely talented players, which James Harden and Joel Embiid are supposed to be supremely talented, that one can at least not even get me through a series. Can you get me a game? 
I just need a game. The mm-hmm. Mavericks stole games without Luka. The Suns stole games without Booker. Like, yeah. can you just get me sell? I just need Harden to just keep me alive until the EMT gets here. <laughs> I, don't to, I don't need you to supply the oxygen. Just breathe. That's it. Just yeah. keep me alive till we can get the EMTs here, big dog. Careful with that God complex, doctor. You ain't keeping nobody alive if it's time to go. Let's talk about that. Right now, if I'm looking at this Philadelphia 76ers team, you still haven't given me. LeBron kept them alive without Kyrie. Did Kyrie have to keep him alive? He wasn't even put in that position to keep him alive without LeBron against a number one seed. Like, come on. Like, that's what we're dealing with right now. And the series is not over. They're finally going to go back to Philadelphia. That energy. Role players step up. James Harden hopefully gets his running mate, the same running mate who signed off on the trade for him to come. I got another point to make because uh, this got really interesting. I like how this went down in terms of conversation. I didn't think I was going to defend James Harden because I'm not really a fan of James Harden's commitment to the game and commitment to himself. Therefore, if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm not committing forward to James Harden long term. But in terms of regret, I'm sorry, big dog. The dude was still a monster in terms of what you saw in production and what you saw in circumstance. You thought you could take him away from that and then get more out of him. They've been let down, but I don't think they regret it. Coming up. Week four action in the USFL kicks off this weekend, and we're getting you ready for a couple players to watch. Who are the people that don't want to be married anymore that we were talking about? <laughs> but first, Dylan Brooks has been suspended for his hard fouling game, too. We'll tell you if it's justified. Next on Speak for Yourself. That's why I let everybody keep the rings on. Dylan Brooks has been suspended for game three on Saturday for his flagrant two foul on Gary Payton II. Not to be confused with Gary Payton Jr. That was game two. Now remember, Brooks was ejected, and Peyton has a fractured elbow. He'll reportedly be out three to five weeks. The NBA said Brooks made, quote, unnecessary and excessive contact on Peyton. We joined by one of my favorites, y'all. It's NBA analyst. He just a man's man. Just a dude's dude. Just the one and only Steven Jackson. But, Sal, you up first. Should Dylan Brooks have been suspended? Yep, yep, yep. He should have been suspended. Um... Only one game, too, huh? Lucky. Because if I were the commissioner, oh, it would have been What you would have done? Oh, more than one game. I'm going to tell you why. Um, when you talk about punishment, three things come to mind in terms of making that punishment, what the consequences should be. Your action, your intent, and what was the outcome? Let's start with the action. You whack this dude across his head while he's in the air, eight, ten feet up in the air. You whack him across the head. That action alone makes me want to suspend you. But... I'm going to also take into account what was your intent with that action? Maybe you didn't mean to do it. Oh, yeah, you meant to do it because this is a guy who's known in Gary Payton II of banging on people and getting his dunk on and energizing his team and trying to get things started. So I think your intention wasn't good. I think you had a malintention while you were whacking him across the head midair. Now, what was the outcome? A fractured elbow? That comes three to five weeks, you're out, young player, trying to find his way, finally found his way, found a home. You're whacking him across the head, midair. Oh, we got a problem. Because in basketball, there's no reason for you to wind up with the windmill while someone is airborne to say, oh, I was just trying to block his shot. And then to miss so egregiously to get him in the head 
When he already has a reputation that precedes him that I will bang on you. And you got a reputation now that you don't want to get banged on. And more importantly, you want to set the tone or reset the tone from game one with Draymond Green. All of that leading to an outcome of fractured elbow. Oh, yeah, you got suspended. Lucky I ain't the commission. It would have been longer. <laughs> uh, I got to disagree with you, Sal. Okay. Um, and the reason is, stat, what I hate is how we punish based off outcome. Sal, I'm going to give you one of your three. I'm going to give you intent. Okay. I give you 1.5 of your three. I'm going to give you half of the action because that matters as well. Mm. But I hate judging off outcome because how dare we dictate a punishment based off what happened as opposed to what we intended to happen. If I shoot you with the intent to kill you, but I don't, I'm going to get punished less severely than if I don't intend to kill you, but I do. Somebody got to make that make sense. Or I'm going to get punished less severely than if I intend to kill you. And I, no, 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 no. We have to punish based off intent. So when I think about Draymond Green getting ejected for his same flagrant two, he wasn't making a basketball move. He wasn't making a basketball play. Was Dylan Brooks' foul much more egregious? Absolutely than Draymond Green's. But what I remember in Stack, I cannot wait to hear your opinion. Mm. What I remember is this. Draymond Green set the tempo early on. If Draymond Green fouls Clark and Clark ends up hurt with a concussion, all of a sudden Draymond Green should get suspended because of the outcome as opposed to the intent? No. Both were not basketball plays. Both were intended to set a tone of some sort. Dr Dylan Brooks said, hey, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Draymond started it. Dylan Brooks escalated it. But I hate that we punish based off of outcome. We got to start punishing based off intent, y'all. And that is why I don't necessarily agree with a suspension here when Draymond didn't get suspended. If you want to suspend both, it's all, it's all money for me. But to do one and not the other, I'm not with it. Uh, and, you know, and I, I kind of agree with you, but the fine line is Draymond was in the play. Dylan Brooks wasn't even in the play. Mm. And we have to we have to understand the difference between a hustle play and just a dirty play. Mm -hmm. A hustle okay. play is hustling back, slapping down at the ball, just trying to make it difficult from the guy without making contact. And maybe you'll get your hand on the ball and knock it off his leg. That's a hustle play. But you're with just being completely out the play, Acho, and hustling down, knowing you can't affect the play and just swinging wild, not even just knowing you're not even affecting the play. That was the dirtiest play that you can do. Draymond was actually in the play. He tried to make a hard foul, but he he tried to make a playoff foul, but he connected with the guy's face. So I understand the suspension on that side. But Dylan Brooks, you wasn't even in the play. Mm. There wasn't a hustle play. That was a clear out dirty play. And the reason to 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 to, to make it clear of how it was a dirty play, when you do stuff like that and somebody gets a fracture or gets hurt, that lets you know that you would you had no intent on making a basketball play in that instance. Yeah, I'm with you, Stacks. I'm with you, man. Like, he got to get suspended. And the reason I layered what I said, three things, because they are separate and they're not equal, but they all count in terms of what you got to look at when you talk about this punishment. We didn't start and say, well, outcome is going to be the largest determinant. No, we didn't say action. We didn't say intent. We said they all are a part of this conversation that's going to lead to the suspension. And it's impossible to gauge someone's intent like fully, purely to know their intent. But they still tried to. They gave him a flagrant two in a moment. They say, look, that just looked dirty. Whether you meant it or not, that just looks dirty. So we can't go fully down the lane of just intention because sometimes things look different than you intended them to look. That said, this dude right here, I, didn't, I don't see what he was thinking other than non-basketball things <laughs> to go into a play like you said, Stack, 
And then to do that while you enter a play when you could have just gave up the two points and kept it pushing down on the other end. So I'm looking at him like, when you whack somebody across the head, we already think you're dirty. Then you cock back to whack him across the head. We're like, what, what else could that be? And then the outcome is his elbow is fractured. Acho gave a good example, but it's not fully analogous to this. Because if you shoot someone, regardless of outcome, I know this, that is assault at minimum with a deadly weapon. Like, you can shoot somebody in the leg. You'd be like, oh, I shot him in the leg. I wouldn't try to kill him. People die from getting shot in the leg, y'all. So as soon as you shoot, you're already in a different conversation. We're not talking about this. What we're talking about is what we saw him. You just tried to push him. But that push led to something severe. Oh, yeah, that's going to be considered when, when it's time to talk about the consequences. Then that's what I got a problem with, though. Stack, sell. we got to think about this for real. Draymond Green's play was not clean. Draymond Green's play was dirty. We can all acknowledge and admit that. Dylan Brooks' play was not clean. Dylan Brooks' play was dirty. We can all acknowledge and admit that. So now what? We are trying to measure the line of dirtiness? Well, well, well he was dirtier than he was. Come on, Stat. That's yeah. what I'm not with. It's like, bro, yeah. if they were both dirty plays, if they were both non-basketball plays, if they were both intended to send a message, because Draymond Green's foul was not intended to just stop, to stop uh, Clark. It was intended to send a message. Uh, Dylan Brooks intended to send a message. If they were both intended to send a message, I just don't truly see how we cannot punish one to the same degree that we punish the other. Now, I'm not an idiot. I see with my eyes. Hmm. Dylan Brooks' foul was much more egregious. There it but is. Once again, Sal, if two people start fighting in a bar, cops not going to show up and be like, ah, well, you was really fighting and you was just fake fighting, so I'm only going to punish the one that was. No, 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 no. Both people was fighting. Let's, mm -hmm. let, let's punish both people accordingly. Because mm -hmm. say, I'll stop it like this. <clears throat> no, about that. I saw a video when, recently. When, when, two people, <laughs> when two people tussle, you going to get mad at the one who wins the fight. If I punch you and do no damage, but you punch me and you knock me out, how dare they only punish you for knocking me out? That is the problem. I tried to do damage. I just couldn't and I just didn't. So that's where I'm that's where I have a rift with what you're saying. I just hate when we see people get into it. But the person who actually executed what the person was trying to execute gets punished more severely. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 and it, both of y'all kind of right. But I look at it as being in the play and being out the play. Right. Jamal was right there. He tried to slap down and cut the guy's face and tried to make a hard foul. That's one thing. But if you're totally out the play, Acho, and you're running full speed at a guy, knowing he in front of you, and knowing nine out of ten times it's going to be a collision where somebody falls hard, that's, that, that's, that, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fine line there. And Dylan Brooks knew what he was doing when he cocked back. Mm -hmm. Draymond was trying to make a hard foul. Let me ask you this. Came across the Let me ask you this, I'm not making excuses for Let him. Let me ask you this, When you running, you, you running halfway across the court with your arm cocked back, <laughs> you know what you're trying to do. Stack, let Facts. me ask you this, big dog. Facts. Do you not think that Draymond also knew what he was trying to do? I just think Draymond's a better actor. Y'all remember the playoffs two years ago. Y'all got to remind me which Morris twin it was, the one that played for the Clippers, when his foot was under Luka's foot. And mm -hmm. Morris tried to play it off like, yo, it was just an accident. It was just an accident. And we all like, wait a second. You've been in the league how long? You how athletic? And your foot just accidentally ends up under his foot? Marcus yeah. Morris, your yeah. foot just, no, no, no. We ain't that stupid. I just think, Stat, Draymond is a greater actor. Now, if we want to applaud Draymond for being a greater actor, I'll give you that. Sell, if you want to punish Dylan Brooks excessively because he has to pay the stupid tax, okay.
I can give you that one. But what I'm not going to sit here and do is get bamboozled because Draymond want to pull him down by the jersey and then last second Stack act like he really holding him up. Stack, you played too long for that. Sale, you played too long for that. And I'm just too smart to let that one go by. Well, I, I, look, where I'm from, um, my experience shows me that Draymond is not a better actor so much. It wasn't like he uh, the greater actor, as you say. It's the fact that he was in the act of playing basketball. <laughs> well, Dylan Brooks wasn't in the act of playing basketball. He was out there saying, oh, let me interrupt. Let me undermine. Let me try and send a message outside the act of basketball. I don't even play basketball. I played one year of organized basketball. And I was like, that ain't for me. But I do know if I go get my run on at the gym, if somebody jumping up for a layup or a dunk, ah, uh, off limits. Everybody knows that. And then you certainly know you don't come in cocking back talking about, oh, I'm about to save this layup. That's not what's happening. Draymond's play was more bang, bang, swipe. Oh, got your jersey. It is what it is. Let me tell you something that's crazy because I like your logic, Acho, but whether you hate it or love it, this is the reality. That's true. I don't doubt Let's true. talk about this. You, we all saw Dave Chappelle get attacked. Yes, you know, I was there. Uh, Matt Barnes was there. Shout out to Matt Barnes. Stacks, you know. And you know what's crazy? Now they're interviewing the dude and they're interviewing his family. And the craziest thing is this dude ran on stage, attacked Dave Chappelle, knocked him down, got himself beat up, and now is lawyering up. And you know what the next step is without him even saying it. Oh, they use excessive force in trying to reprimand me and trying to take me into custody. <laughs> now, Acha, all you're saying is logically you hate that. Me too. But that's how it goes. And in this situation, logically, you can't put yourself in that position and then act like, oh, I didn't mean it. The NBA saw through that. The NBA said, we got to suspend you, big dog, because the last thing we want is somebody else outside of the act of basketball thinking it's cool to come in and clothesline the dude. Stick around. We got stacks for now, and we're going to switch gears right now and talk a little bit about the exciting week three that we saw in the USFL. Yeah. It is time. Saturdays are for the USFL on Fox. He's got running room. The ball slips through the hands, and he dribbles it in. Amazing catch. Look at what he does best. Up in the air. What a defensive stand. It's a big play. Helmet cam, I love this. Ball comes out. That was unreal. It doesn't get much more exciting than that. You got it. You got new quarterback left. <laughs> There was so much action in week three of the USFL. Oh. See, that's the kind of talk oh, I like. USFL has some action, baby. Yeah. And we are now fired up for week four in the USFL. So we want to focus on a couple players mm. and some stars to watch this weekend. Sell, who's your star to watch? Oh, man, a big dog at the running back position. Oh, he's taking me back. My man, Mark Thompson. Got to go with him. 6'2", 235 from the Houston Gamblers. My side right there. Dominant last weekend, 24 carries, nearly 150 yards and a touch. But that's not it. 55-yard touchdown run was the longest rush in the USFL this season, Nacho. So who's your star to watch? 6'2", 235 is your size. Yeah, yeah. What year? When I ran, when I played running back in college. <laughs> ah, you forgot about that. Okay, and I go to a, a different position side. on offense. Wide receiver Johnny Dixon from the New Orleans Breakers. He was named USFL Offensive Player of the Week. Mm. And it's easy to see why, because his numbers were crazy. Seven <laughs> catches, 90 yards. Two touchdowns. Tuggies. That was last weekend. And through the first three games of the season, he leads all receivers. He's mm. a dude. Don't forget, 
USFL action continues oh, tomorrow as the Philadelphia Stars battle the Michigan Panthers. 10 Eastern, FS1. Then Saturday, yeah. 7 Eastern on Fox. Todd Haley's Tampa Bay Bandits take on Skip Holtz and the Birmingham Stallions. Coming up! Who I chose. Six feet, 190 when I was a freshman. You better not forget, bro. Draymond Green has already been ejected and flipped the bird against the Grizzlies. We'll tell you if this series has been a bad look for him. Next on Speak for Yourself. 6'2", 240, Junior. Draymond Green has made his share of headlines in the conference semis. Game one, he was ejected after a flagrant two foul. Then in game two, he was poked in the eye as he walked to the tunnel. Flipped off Grizzly fans, and Green was fined $25,000 today for his actions Tuesday night. Stack is back, but I choke. Has the Memphis series been a bad look for Draymond? To me, the Memphis series is, it's just been a terrible look for Draymond, or at minimum, it's been a reminder that Draymond sometimes is bad looking. Um, <laughs> let me give it to you like this, Stack Jack. Let me give it to you like this, Sal. Uh, we excuse bad behavior far too often Because that's just who they are. Mm. I can't stand when we do that, Stack. You know, one of your friends is incredibly rude. Man, don't pay them no mind. That's just who they are. One of your friends short-tempered, got a bad attitude. Uh, You got to forgive them, man. That's just who they are. Then change who you are. Like, not all attributes and characteristics that make you you are completely necessary all the time. Sale, can I personalize it? You better go home. Can I get personalized? You better go home. Stack, I'm going to personalize it. You better go home. Stack, I had this friend one time. They were a comedian. Comedian this friend was. Um, And one time this friend made a joke about the death of one of my loved ones. The loved one was still living. I said, hey, Mm. just because you're a comedian does not mean you can go around cracking all types of jokes under the name of comedy and under the name of your profession because that's just who you are. Sometimes you got to figure out when you got to stop being who you are because it's to the detriment of those you care about. Draymond, I understand that he is a passionate aggressive, vulnerable player. I get all that. That's who he is. But that passion led him to being ejected in the second, in the first half of game one. That passion nearly cost his team. That passion may have cost the Warriors in 2016 winning the NBA title and being considered the greatest team, undisputable, of all time. So I get that's just who Draymond is. But we have to stop letting who you are be the greatest excuse for bad behavior. I mean, I get it. I mean, I've been in those shoes. Um, mm. I've been in big games where I made some bad decisions and let my emotions get the best of me. But a lot of times, that's from insecurity, right? I had The only insecurity I had with basketball and what, what kept me on the edge and what kept me playing like that was because I never got the, my just due. I, never, I, I deserved all-star games and I never made it. So I played with a chip on my shoulder like that, and sometimes my my frustration and, and and me not getting my just due dealing with the game made me ration out and do some things that I shouldn't do. And with Draymond, it's the same way. People, we all have insecurities, but Draymond is insecure on the offensive end. And a lot of times when you make plays like that, that's to cover up something. And 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 as good as Draymond is, he does that a little bit too often to keep making excuses for it. Right? It's, it's, there's no excuse for it now. Right now, you just you you're not being the Hall of Famer that people say you will be one day. Right now, you you play, you're, you're acting, and though and the antics you're doing now are something of a of a third or fourth year player. You are NBA, you're, you're a multiple NBA champ. You need to start acting like it. I love Draymond because I was the same type of player. I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done, but at this point, 
he's in a better position than I was. He, he has a he has a chance to go to the Hall of Fame, and he needs to start making plays and start reacting better as a professional. Oh, man, I got to push back on y'all, man. Y'all forgot who Draymond Green is? Mm-hmm. I understand I it. Didn't. Um, what did Drake say? Your worst behavior? This ain't his worst behavior. Like, Draymond Green literally got kicked out of the NBA Finals before. And now we're going to He didn't deserve that one. Hey, look, deserve it or not, he kicked the dude in the manhood before and got kicked out of the finals. And now he just giving the bird when he bleeding. And all of a sudden we acting like, oh, Draymond, you really looking bad. You must have forgot who I am. Check my rap sheet, bro. I got a murder one charge already. This is just some petty crime now. And y'all out here set tripping. We got issues. Let's talk about who Draymond Green is. This year, oh, he got a pass. Y'all remember when Draymond got hurt this year? And Golden State was on fire. Did Draymond got hurt? Golden State was... Mm, huh? Most important player, Draymond Green, please stand up. You saw this team start to collapse without Draymond Green. And now he's coming back doing less than his evil ways of before. And we can't lose our minds in outrage in this moment. Draymond Green is balling and helping this team out. I like what Stack was saying, though, because Draymond is insecure like all players, right? He just demonstrates it a little more than most of us. Let's talk about who Draymond Green really is. Draymond Green is greater than a sum of his parts. What do I mean by that? He ain't the biggest. He ain't the fastest. He ain't the strongest. But you add all that up, and wherever you stop, add more to him because his stat line does not reflect who this dude is. So what is it about Draymond? His emotional state. And that emotional mind state makes him and sometimes breaks him. But if he don't live on the edge, big dog, he can't activate all of those powers that he possesses. I'm not mad at Draymond for that reason. It made him, so sometimes it's going to break him. And more importantly, I done seen way more gangster Draymond than this version. So I was reading a book, Stack, reading a book. You know your boy be reading, Stack. Your boy be reading. (laughs) Um, Hidden Habits of a Genius, a phenomenal book. And so it talked about all of the geniuses over the course of society, over the course of our history. Stack, like Picasso, Da Vinci, uh, so many of the geniuses. Kanye. It talked about, right, great, Kanye, Kanye. beautiful one. But it talked about how all of these geniuses, if you will, have had very troublesome actions over the course of their careers. From Picasso to Da Vinci and Glad and Marcellus, you brought up Kanye. Just because they were genius does not mean we couldn't have reprimanded them, A, or been like, hey, I love your genius, but can you trim off some of the fat of these negligent actions? Mm. I love Draymond's basketball genius, but that's not going to cause me to turn a blind eye to some of his damning actions. I love Kanye's genius. Thank you for bringing that up. But we're not going to turn a blind eye to the fact that he has pseudo-stalked his ex-wife. We're not going to turn a blind eye to some of the negligible and negligent actions that he's committed over the last three, five, ten years. So while we can appreciate Draymond's genius, let's just not sit here and act like, yeah, but I mean, it makes Draymond Draymond. Yeah, but I mean, it makes Kanye Kanye. Does it? Mm Because can't we get rid of some of the negativity and still keep some of the positivity? That is where I stand, Stack. That's my biggest issue, man, with Dre. Mm. And I mean, and I I agree with with Draymond. You know, I love the way he plays and I love his passion for the game because very few guys have that passion and love the game that much to be willing to fight or to to give a hard foul, right? A lot of these guys are worried about their money and all these things, but it has to come to a point where Draymond has to start thinking about not only his legacy, but his teammates, right? Because yeah. this, this 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 action is not positive at this point, right? Okay, yeah, we, 
early in his career, we'll take all that. But at some time, you have to start growing at some point, right? When I got into when I got into the fight uh, in, in, the, in the bra, I mean uh, the bra in the palace, I could have easily came back the next year and got more suspended, got kicked out of more games. I learned my lesson. I got I got better, and I was the same player, same feisty player. Still got my text, but I but I learned from a lot of my situations. Draymond has to start learning from the situation because at the end of his career, all these guys are slowing down. They need each other. With him not in the games, it's being selfish on his part, and it's taken away from his team. He has to start looking at things like that. Y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop. Y'all trying to create this Frankenstein perfect player. We're going to take all his edge away and then all stuff. Man, we know the game. We know players. We know behind the veil, behind the curtain. Dog, these dudes, the, the great ones, the Hall of Famers I play with, it, it, they, they were a little maniacal in some form of fashion. They will lock in and be mindless. And you be like, dog, are you here? You're like, no, I'm in that zone, bro. And that zone looks different for everyone. Tim Duncan had, you could talk to his stats. He had a completely different zone. But don't think he was. It's not the edge, though, Sal. It's not the edge. When you start to hurt your team, mm. that's, it, it, it's not the edge that you they're trying to take away. You're being negative and you're not, and you're yeah. not being a part of the team concept. But hold on. Could you be a part of the team without the edge is the conversation for Draymond. He different. Like, Draymond already did his calculation. Second rounder. Come on, y'all. Let's talk it real. The dudes who, we always say, the dudes who got to touch you up is the dudes who can't touch you. Right? If, if, if I'm playing against Barry Sanders, the first thing I'm saying is, we got to be physical. <laughs> Ain't nothing else we going to do about this. And that's who Draymond is. He's like, yo, I only got so many tools in this tool belt. And guess what I'm going to do? Swing them harder than all of y'all. And y'all going to get mad at me, but, Sal, but sometimes I'm going to be out of bounds with but Sal, it. But, what, 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 what tool is flipping off the fans as you walk off the feet, walk off the court? What tool is driving a player by the jersey when he's trying to, like, that's not a tool in the tool belt. We are just ignorantly allowing Draymond to get away what? with things under the guise of, well, that's just Draymond. That's where I can't mm -mm. stand it mm -mm. with it. Sal, it's like, mm -mm. let me give it to you like this. Stack, I'm gonna give it to you like this. Stack, my, I think Stack just got married, huh? Stack just got married. If I'm not mistaken, yes, my dog just December. got married. I hope. My dog just got married. Just uh, my dog bought a diamond ring. Sales bought several diamond rings, obviously, over the course of his several uh, engagements. Uh, <laughs> oh, teammates. Uh. Here's the thing, Stack, about these diamond rings, which y'all know so much about, and I obviously know nothing. But what I know through research, Stack, diamonds, they form like 100 uh, feet or so under the earth's surface. Oh. They come out, but then in order for them to turn into the rings, that you have bought once and sell have bought 10 or 15 times. In order for them to turn into these rings, you got to purify them, Sale. You got to wither away some of the nastiness, some of the junk, some of the gunk. Oh, okay. When I'm looking at Draymond Green. Oh, he's a dime. Draymond's career is diamond worthy. He going to the hall. Stack said he probably will. I think he is surely going to the hall. But, bruh, you can wither away some of the gunk and some of the junk in order to make you crystal clear. That's just how I'm looking at it. Mm. Sal, I feel you trying to say that Draymond Green is who he is. But just like a diamond, we're not just going to take a diamond from the earth's surface and be like, yeah, yeah, that's a diamond. Go ahead. Go buy it. Go give it away. No. We're going to wither away some of the junk, wither away some of the gunk until it has the perfect cut, clarity, color that we need. I'm just trying to say Draymond. You too old, big dog. Can you get a better yep. cut? Can you better get <laughs> a cut, cut? Can you get a better clarity? VVS. <laughs> VVS. Hey, hey, Sal, all I'm saying is, is basically what, what happened today or yesterday with Steve Kerr and Draymond. Draymond went up to, uh, Steve Kerr went up to Draymond like, Dre, you know, I don't, I don't be with you, but look, you know where you at? We need you to play. You got to tone it down. 
That's all we saying. That's the it. same thing Steve Steve Kerr went up to him and, and said to him, look, bro, you're doing too much. We, we appreciate you. I don't want to take what your edge, but we can't win without you on the court. So tone it down. Oh, all he's saying, all he's saying is that you got to tone it down. Like, no, you ain't got to tone it down. Look, I can't hear you right now. My IFB, I still don't know what that stands for. I've been in the game 15 years. Um, <laughs> it's gone. But let me talk this ta- stack. Let me just say this. When you locked in, dog, you need a cooling off period. NFL even recognized that. Remember when reporters used to be in the locker room right before the, right after the game, like before us? We were like, dog, how you in here already? We just finished the game. You know what the NFL said? Let these dudes have a moment to relax. Now, we're going to look at Draymond in the moment of battle, and then all of a sudden we say, oh, he don't get his cooling off period. Y'all want him to be fully mature in all moments and act like that when he has to be greater than the sum of his parts? Let me tell you who Draymond is. He not what you're saying, Acho. He not the dude that is like, oh, this is the way I am. As though that's the way it's going to be. Take it or leave it. No, this is actually a genius calculation saying I have my limits, but I will supply my limits and supplement my limits with an excessive emotional state that's going to make up the difference between me and your physical gifts. I got to respect a dude like that when you see Draymond Green. But I, I'm from a different era. Like I was the dude who was so cool, calm and collected. I ain't get all I should have out of playing sports because I always knew I had something good in my back pocket, a high safety net. Man, I ain't about to do all that, coach. I'm too damn smart for that. I should have been dumber. Not calling Draymond dumb, but he knows his limits. So guess what? He going to do some extra credit. And his extra credit going to come out emotionally. Last thing I want to say about this, Acho, is I don't know who that comedian is. You're going to tell me off mic, I hope. <laughs> but my mama dead, y'all. But I'm going to tell y'all, joke all you want on my mama because she gone. And if you joke on her, she ain't got nothing to say about it. And if she were here, she'd say, good joke, because my mama loved them jokes. Y'all got to stop being so sensitive about these things. Let Draymond be. If not, Draymond might not be in the NBA like he is. Coming up. Don't joke on my mama. I'm not saying. Jalen Hurts says the Eagles are his team. Facts. What do you say? Damn, I wish I heard it. What do you say? Don't joke on my mama. Oh, for real? Everybody like that. All right. I won't. You can joke a mind up. We'll tell you if Philly is making the right decision build around their quarterback. Next, don't speak for yourself. Ain't like she gonna get up and do something. <laughs> Speculation this offseason that Jalen Hurts might not be the quarterback for Philly, but the Eagles general manager and head coach both gave him a vote of confidence. Now, after the public support, Hurts said yesterday, quote, it's understood. It's my opportunity. It's my team. Close quote. So, Marcellus, are the yep. Eagles making the right decision building around Jalen Hurts? Yes, they are. You got to give Jalen Hurts his love, support, and his props. Jalen Hurts came into the NFL and shut down a $128 million franchise quarterback. Put him on the shelf. Put him on the shelf and sent him out of town. Jalen Hurts did that as a second rounder. Good Lord, Jalen Hurts. I can hear y'all right now, the naysayers out there. Jalen Hurts ain't that good. He one-dimensional. All he's doing is playing quarterback but running. Let me tell you something about the NFL and transitioning to that level. First thing you need to do is just make a way. Somehow, some way, just like water, find your way in. I don't care what it is. Just make sure you do something that gets you noticed and gets you traction. Then after that, start letting your shoulders down and start to deal with the complexities of the game. But the first thing you need to do is play your best card and play it fast. And Jalen Hurts did that. Maybe it is running the ball that's going to set him up to now all of a sudden be more than just a running quarterback, as some would say. Remember, that was the same knock on Steve Young. Well, now I used to watch Steve Young. I was like, Steve Young is amazing. I ain't can run. I don't know if he could. 
shut your mouth after he got his full development in his time playing as a starter. I'm looking at the Eagles. You got a roster now. You got a quarterback that you can bet on because he has character. His character is what really got him to this place so far. We know he's talented, but talent gets you in the door and character keeps you in there. Jalen Hurts walked into the Philadelphia Eagles organization, looked around at the teammates, kept it quiet, and just went about his business to his opportunity struck. Then, with that opportunity, led them to the playoffs with a coach that even you were like, he sound real suspect, but it doesn't matter because coach doesn't cross the white lines. A leader does, and Jalen Hurst is that leader. Music to my ears, Marcellus Wiley. Mm. I love, I absolutely love that the Eagles are supporting Jalen Hurts in this manner. I will say it like this. If you support Jalen Hurts' Eagles franchise, I can't guarantee that he will succeed. But if you don't support Jalen Hurts with the roster, I can guarantee you he will not succeed. So what have the Eagles done? They have gone all in this year on supporting Jalen Hurts while keeping insurance in their back pocket with two first-round picks in next year's draft. Howie Roseman, the general manager, has set Jalen Hurts up for success. You draft a Heisman-winning receiver last year in Devontae Smith. You draft one of the best young receivers in the game in A.J. Brown. Thousand-yard season two years ago. Beast. So you have Devontae Smith who can go deep. You got A.J. Brown who can do a little bit of both. I love what they've done. Dallas Goddard, second-round pick, tight end. He's a dude. Miles Sanders, former second-round pick, running back. He's a dude. The Eagles have said, look, if Jalen Hurts does somehow fail, it's not going to be because we didn't help him. If Jalen Hurts somehow fails, it's because he just can't go. Hmm. And what I love in supporting Jalen Hurts, you will know beyond the shadow of a doubt, if he is your future quarterback or not by the end of this season. There's nothing worse in the NFL than ambiguity. Nothing worse than that. Mm -mm. Is he our guy? Is he not our guy? But by going all in on Jalen Hurts, it'll be extremely clear what hand you have to play going forward. If Jalen Hurts is not the dude, then going forward, Bryce Young, Alabama, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, those are your dudes. But if Jalen Hurts is the dude, now you got two first-round picks next year mm. to further support Hurts and or further support that defense, linebacker position, and the safety position. Yeah, It's brilliant what the Eagles are doing. And the Eagles must be brilliant because the Cowboys have been ahead. Cowboys have won that division and won it handedly. Dak Prescott's record in the NFC East, I believe 23-7 and seven or 24-8, and eight, something that along world. those lines. Yep. So supporting Jalen Hurts tells you exactly what you got to do going forward, which is why I think the Eagles are now in great hands. Yeah, man. My experiences, this is just my experiences, has told me that you bet on Jalen Hurts, and this is going to be a sure bet. Everybody I know in the NFL that played for a long time or played well were workers. Mm -hmm. Now, there are exceptions to the rule on both ways. Like, right? You could be a guy with such insane levels of talent that you don't work as hard as a guy who has lesser talent. And there's also a guy who doesn't have that much talent. He works so damn hard, and you're like, dog, he's still going to find his way. Special teams or not, he's going to be on this roster. We're not talking about the extremes. We're talking about just the general. And in Gen Pop, the guys who work with high character, they find their way. And it's funny because Jalen Hurts doesn't suffer from the curse of the gifted. Because Jalen Hurts is a gifted athlete, and he can ride that all the way through, but he acts like he's not. He acts like those talents are secondary. What's first is my character, my leadership, and you can see it translate. This was a dude that was in a quarterback battle last year. Huh? Hold on. 
I come in at the end of the year. I have good results. Some say great. You get rid of a $128 million man, and I still got to fight for my position? This offseason, completely different complexion. Now, you're our quarterback. We're going to get you some weapons. Let's go out there and see what you can do. Well, what Jalen Hurts can do, it looks like something special. He made it to the playoffs with a team that didn't even believe in him from hello. Even though they drafted him, they put him behind Carson Wentz, which you have to. Then when he gets ascended to, okay, you supplanted Carson Wentz, we still going to make you fight. Mm-hmm. That made no sense to me with a new head coach, and they still found traction. All those things make me say, go back to my days of Doug Flutie and so many guys that you bet on high character. You bet on the guys that work. Man. But now the question is, can Jalen Hurts be the best quarterback in the division? Because I love mm. the Kumbayas, and mm. as an Eagles fan, I love what they have done mm. to support Jalen Hurts. But now, Jalen Hurts, we really need you to be the best quarterback in the division. We really need you to somehow supplant Dak Prescott. Mm. Reason being, of the, what were there, usually 12 playoff teams last year, typically, but last year, 14 last 14. two years. yeah, yeah. Think about the teams that won their divisions. All the teams that won their divisions had the best quarterbacks. Mm. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers mm. in the NFC North, whether it is Tom Brady and the Bucks in the NFC South, Ryan Tannehill was the healthiest of quarterbacks. Remember, Deshaun Watson did not play last year. When you start to get to the AFC, Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in that division. Remember, Lamar Jackson was right. playing well, but Lamar Jackson got hurt. AFC North, Matthew Stafford. We know what kind of quarterback he was. NFC West. Yeah. Uh, when you want to go to the huh? NFC East, we've already talked about Dak Prescott. When you want to go to the AFC East, that's where things get interesting. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen, come on. So, so when I look, didn't, uh, who won that division? Patriots won. Bills won the division. Bills won. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. you skipped the division, and I know why you skipped the one. I'm just going AFC West. The best quarterback did not win that division. Herbie. 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 Baby. Oh, God. It's silly out here. What it comes down to uh-huh. is this, because uh-huh. I would say Patrick Mahomes is best. I know. I, if you want to win your division, you got to have the best quarterback. I do. I do. So, I love that the Eagles have helped Jalen Hurts, but truth be told, by August 1st, the question we should now be asking, how much pressure is on Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Because all this is great. Yeah. But now Howie Roseman said, hey, Hurts, I bought you literally every ingredient you could possibly need, and I bought two of them. Yeah. It's on you now. Yeah. I got you two receivers. Mm-hmm. Tight end, I got you a second rounder, one of the mm-hmm. best when it comes to pass catching. I got you everything you need twice. Now it's on you, Hurts. Yeah, you said it earlier. You don't want to be a guy in the middle. Like, we don't know what you are. So, this offseason, they pushed all the chips in the middle in terms of resources. Took all the excuses all of them. off the table yep. to expose you. Now, expose you doesn't mean a negative. Mm-hmm. It means we want the whole world to see who you are. Jalen, if you're going to be great, they're watching. If you're not going to be great, guess what? They still tuned in. <laughs> you better go get it. Coming up, the Sixers are in a 2-0 hole against the Heat. We'll tell you if Joel Embiid can save them in this series. And that's next on Speak for Yourself. Mm, Heat are up 2-0 on the Sixers, but both wins were without Joel Embiid on the court. The MVP finalist has been out with an orbital bone fracture, but reports say he has, quote, real hope he can return for game three tomorrow night. Can Joel Embiid save these Sixers? Mm, mm. Unfortunately not. No. So for Joel Embiid to save the Sixers, this must be true. Can the Sixers with Joel Embiid beat the Heat four times in five games? <sighs> even healthy Joel Embiid. Even had mm. Joel Embiid not had this orbital fracture and a concussion, 
We never in our wildest dreams would say the Sixers will win four out of five, Mm. that the Sixers would gentlemen sweep the heat. Mm. But what this question is implying is that the Sixers with Joel Embiid can go out there and gentlemen sweep the number one seed Miami Heat. No, 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 no. This is not LeBron James with the Heat versus Chicago Bulls and Derrick Rhodes. This isn't going to be no (laughs) 4-1 gentlemen sweeps. Not like that. I don't see the Sixers finding the resolve to come out and somehow dismantle a Heat team where the Heat six man is dropping more points than the Sixers best man. I just don't see how that is possible. I would love for them to make it a series. I think Joel Mm. Embiid's going to come out and steal a game, Mm. but I just don't think that Joel Embiid is going to be able to come out here and perform at this high of a level. When I say this high, high enough to beat the Miami Heat. Uh High enough to beat the Miami Heat when Jimmy Butler's out there getting buckets, when Bam Adebayo's out there getting buckets, when Tyler Hero is being Tyler Hero from the bubble, when Tyler Hero really stepped on the scene at 19 years of age and wowed all of us. And his last name go crazy. Oh, his whole name, his whole story, his whole background. If your name is Hero, you got to be a ball. Oh, y'all got to see this dude. Um, So when I look at it, I don't see there being any possible chance that Embiid can save the Sixers. Oh, I want you to put on Coach Acho's hat right now because you, if you were Doc Rivers, there's no way you're walking into that locker room and saying exactly what you said. Of course not. Now, I'm going to go in there as Doc Rivers, and I'm not going to change my voice. I'm going to just be me. Here we go. This is how we're going to win this series, y'all. Y'all ready? Two things going to happen. One, we're going to get potentially the MVP back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not Joel Embiid, y'all. The MVP. Okay? Now, let's talk about who the MVP is. You know he led the league in points per game this year. Okay, so we're going to get 30 back, y'all. Let's go. Now, what are they doing to us? I know we like Tyler Hero, and he's a beast, and he's a favorite of our show. But the reason that the Heat are up 2-0 in this series, bam, 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 (laughs) 23-10. Hmm, leading the Heat in scoring. Hmm, leading the Heat in free throws. Hmm. You played Embiid this year. Bam. How'd that go? Ooh-ooh. Six and ten. Wait a minute. I just said 23 and ten. Most free throws. Six and ten. And then shoot any free throws. You know why? Embiid don't play that. Embiid gonna be like, yo, we're gonna be out here, three-point line, at the club, parking lot, chilling. Then we're gonna go in that paint, and I got these moves for you. It's a whole different animal when you got to make Bam work on both ends like he's not right now in this series. You add an MVP. To a team that we talking bad about James Harden. You know how many points he had last game? 20? <laughs> we talking bad about it because it's not James Harden, but it's like mm-hmm. he had 20. <sighs> Tobias Harris is eating. Well, no matter Maxi is out there getting his as well. Hold on. We got three dudes that if they get activated by their leader, we got something there. And the leader is not just any other player. It's Joel Embiid, the MVP. I don't at all disagree that the Sixers got something. They come. The question is, what's that something? I think the Sixers got something. That Mm. something is one win. Keep in mind, the Heat are just being very (laughs) cautious with Kyle Lowry. Like, Kyle Lowry allegedly could have played game two, but the reports are saying that the Heat are just being very cautious with their $100 million man. So let's not act as though the Heat, who have also won four games without Kyle Lowry, let's not act as though these Heat aren't also going to get better. Mm. The Heat are beating the 76ers, and they're not even playing their best. And not only are the Heat beating the Sixers, the Heat are crushing the Sixers. Mm. Like, Sal, do you think that Joel Embiid Mm. is worth a – 15-point difference? Oh, yeah, Because that's what we're asking for. I say 30. Uh, Do you think, like, he's really going to come in because the Sixers won by 16? Excuse me, the Heat won by 16 Mm. and the Heat won by 14. But what you were asking Joel Embiid to do is come in and be a 
15-point swing. Mm -hmm. I think Joel Embiid is nice, yeah. but I don't think he is 15-point swing on the ledger nice. You know, I mean, not in pure numbers. It's not going to be that simple. It's not going to be that easy, but it will activate others. You're going back home, role players step up. You go back home, James Harden's like, whew, I ain't got to be the one that everybody looking at to try and lead this team when this is your team. And being real for James Harden, I know if I'm James Harden, I'm at the crib chilling with my neutral bullet, getting my shake right, trying to get flat. And I'm sitting there like, I just learned this. System. I haven't been here all year. I didn't have a training camp with these dudes. I don't know all the complexities of this situation system. So, James Harden, you get a little bit of a pass for just that. But Joel Embiid, you get no pass. I know you're going to come back with the mask on and the orbital fracture trying to protect it, but you got to hit the ground running. I'm just saying – what I see in these games is obviously the depth of the heat just too much for them and the energy, and they'll wear them down. What Embiid there neutralizing Bam and then Joel getting his and then Harden feeling more comfortable being number two, you might get something. That's a lot of hope and wishing oh, and praying, yeah. no sale. I'm Obama right now. I'm selling hope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about... The Heat, knowing what we know about James Harden, and we know that James Harden compared to James Harden is sorry right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, this ain't it. Knowing what we know about James Harden, the Sixers don't have the roster to beat the Heat. Hmm. That's really the dilemma. It's not that they don't have the want to. Like, they don't have the roster. Embiid plus Maxi plus Tobias plus Harden. That squad is not good enough. Embiid and Harden, Harden of old, Oh, that squad is definitely good enough. Right, an right. MVP caliber Harden and an MVP frontrunner MB, an MVP frontrunner in MB, that squad can beat the Heat. But this James Harden, this averaging 18 points, mm. that's the fourth leading score for the Sixers mm. in the playoffs. This James Harden's just not good enough with Embiid to make any real noise. So for me, Sel, it's not even about Embiid's want to. Embiid is going to come back hungry. Embiid is going to come out firing up the crowd. He's going to come back with the mask <laughs> on. I'm sure in dramatic fashion he'll rip the mask off at some point in time. But it's just that they don't have enough. And remember... He'd have one of the greatest coaches of the generation in Spolstra. Mm. He's have a tremendously talented roster. And oh. when it comes down to being a scorer of a six-man, Tyler Hero is one of the greatest scoring six-men uh, in NBA history. Yeah. So I just don't see how the Sixers have Yeah, playing starter minutes. They put him on the he bench. Is. He says, come on now. <laughs> Through the game start. You trying to say Spolstra is a better coach than me? The doc than me? Hell no. One IMB ain't good enough coming back with the – I think that beard is hiding the double chin for James Harden. He out of shape, dog. All he got to do is work out this offseason. I guarantee he be right. Because he still got it in him, but he ain't activating him. You know that – let's just talk a little layer right here. You do know this in training, and I learned this a little too late, but um, your neurotransmitters, like, they could turn off. Like, you know, if someone, they rub you out or you get your elbow or you just train harder, somebody's like, oh, they're firing again. James Harden is not firing on all cylinders. It's still in him. Problem is now, the load is on his shoulders without Embiid, and he's trying to turn all that on without actually trying to be the guy who pulls something or hurts himself by doing too but much. But what leads you to believe that it is still in James Harden? Oh, I yeah. think James Harden is done, bro. I think he's taxed. He was balling in Brooklyn. Do you forget what he was in Brooklyn, dog? He was the only dude averaging 23-10-8, dog. But, Sal, James Harden has been continually descending true, and true, descending true. and descending. 29 points a game when he's in Houston. 23 points a game oh, yeah, yeah. when he's in Brooklyn. 20 points a game when he's in Philly. Uh, that's what I thought. I think that's what the Sixers thought, right? Yeah. You playing with Kyrie, you playing with KD, you're not going to get your buckets as much. 
But here's what's so telling. Mm. He was attempting 16 shots a game when he was in Brooklyn. Good point. He's only attempting 14 shots a game mm. in Philly. Even without, Sal, without uh, Embiid on the court, mm. James Harden only shot the ball last night, y'all, 15 times. Tobias Harris shot the ball 17 times. I don't think James Harden can become who we want him to become because I don't think James Harden wants it anymore. And, Sal, what, what your coach always tell you, and this is one of my favorite Which coaches, one? coaches. Which one? About the carpet? Every single one of them have always said this. I can't want it more than you. Ooh, I like that. I can't want it. You'll be running gassers. You'll be running half gassers. You'll be cu- whatever it is. And your coach will tell you, I can't want it more than you. Because if I want it more than you, that means you don't want it bad enough. Mm. And if I want it more than you, that means you will never actually attain it. At this point in time, bro, I think every analyst on television wants it more than James Harden. (laughs) And if we want it more than him, he ain't never going to get it, big dog. James, just give us a little more. Not... Little Baby and Little Dirt, just a little more, man. The rappers got that dude twisted. Coming up, there are some great quarterback receiver duos in the NFL. You stupid. We wanted more. So, of course, we got to rank the best of the best. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Man. Marco's got a major upgrade at quarterback this offseason. Trade for Russell Wilson. Let him cook. Third-year receiver Jerry Judy looks to benefit greatly from his new quarterback saying that Wilson can help him a lot with his experience and leadership. Wilson and Judy look to make some noise as a top duo in the league this season. And speaking of duos, Acho and I, (laughs) we're going to reveal our top five NFL duos right now. Acho, get us started. Who are you going with number time. five? I need to get. He giving you running back time. tosses like sweet. <laughs> OJ running out here. Sweet. Man, top duos at number five: Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Okay, they're my fifth. Y'all home. have to remember just how good Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are. They're good enough to beat the Buffalo Bills in overtime. They're good enough to again go to an AFC Championship game after going to two Super like Bowls like back that. to back. Now, back Patrick Mahomes back. and Travis Kelsey would have been higher on my list, Cell, but without Tyree Kill. All the focus now when you're playing that Kansas City Chiefs offense, it has to go to Travis Kelsey. I'm going to make Juju Smith-Schuster prove himself. I'm going to make Nico Hardman prove himself. I'm going to make the Kansas City Chiefs running game prove itself. Until then, first down, I'm doubling Travis Kelsey. Second down, I'm doubling Travis Kelsey. And of course, third down, I'm doubling Travis Kelsey. Still my fifth. Really? But really, they should get more respect. It's just they're going to have to work a lot harder this year. I'm going to run the ball then if you keep doubling Travis Kelsey on first down. (laughs) Let me go. Acho, what's your fourth pick? Oh, I'm rolling all the way through. Yeah, yeah, go get yours. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they my four. I'm going to keep it a little bit tighter this time. We know what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have done Mm -hmm. at the college level, Mm -hmm. and we know what they have done at the professional level. Mm -hmm. They went all the way to the Super Bowl this past year. Mm -hmm. I think the best young duo in all of football. But Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they just got that little it factor that I love. My three spot. I like that. Derek Carr. Devontae Adams. You ain't even seen them play together. What you doing? Not professionally, but we haven't. Oh, college. really? Fresno State? <laughs> it means something. Oh, because really? what happened when this two <laughs> played together in college? Eh. Exactly right. No, no. You know what time it is. Yeah, yeah. You know what they time did it, it on the level that matters. I ain't going back to the. What is that? Devontae Adams, best receiver in football. Derek Carr, top 10 quarterback in football. When you give me the best receiver in football and the top 10 quarterback in football, you can understand why there is a top five combination within this list. Think about what Derek Carr has done with Darren Waller, a top tight end in football. Think about how Derek Carr has gone to... 
No doubt about it. Think about how Derek Carr's already gone to three Pro Bowls, has an MVP vote over the course of his career, and Devontae Adams is a dude. They are my number three. I can't wait to argue this out with you later on after hearing your list. My two spot, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. Drink it from the cup of self-explanatory, y'all. Cooper Cup, triple crown last year. He had the most catches Silly. in football. He had the most touchdowns Silly. in football. Had the most reception yards in football. Silly. He goes to the Super Bowl and becomes a Super Bowl MVP. Mm. Matthew Stafford, an absolute baller. Matthew Stafford, baller. Cooper Cup, baller. In totality, they my number What's two. What's better than that? They had the best numbers last year. Let's see who number one. one Josh one. Allen, Stephon Diggs. Oh. This beast, man. Oh. At the end of the day, I really think oh. that oh. this is a year they take oh. a step up in legacy. Oh, really? Statistically, I don't know if they can get any greater. I mean, we've seen them have 1,400-yard seasons, all pros, Pro all right. Bowls, all champions. Right. Like, statistically speaking, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Truly, they're unparalleled. But I think this year in legacy form, they take a step up because I see uh, Stephon Diggs leading the league in catches. I see Stephon Diggs leading the league in touchdowns. I see Josh Allen getting to an AFC championship game. Can he get over the hump? Can he get to the Super Bowl? That will be the question. But I think legacy-wise, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they take a big step. Where you at, though, big dog? I'm ready for your list. Oh, my list is my list. Don't you argue with my list. Let's start at number five, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Got to give some respect to this <laughs> duo. Now, they're fifth because... I'm just getting a little fatigued to seeing it. Yeah, I ain't going to lie about it. Now, there's some young gunners out there that's obviously going to fill out this list, but six years straight of 1,000, 1,000 wild plus receiving yards. This tandem right here, Travis Kelsey, a monster. No slight being number five on my list. Let's go with number four. You forgot when you watched them Baltimore Ravens. Say what you want about Lamar Jackson. It don't look pretty, but you know what? He gets to Mark Andrews every single time. When I watch Mark... He had a career year last year, but he already had career numbers before that and reputation. Is this a of rushing rubble. list or is this a passing rushing? list? Oh, really? So when you I play the, No, I mean, Mark oh, Andrews was a blocking tight end. He had 1,400 receiving yards. Is this list? He had more than Travis Kelsey. He had more than Travis Kelsey last year. You want to talk about this? Anyway, I'll be doing my homework. Come on, man. And how many catches he have? 107? You better stop sleeping on Mark Andrews. That's why he always open, because y'all be sleeping on him. Let me get to my number three before we battle. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. All right, Cartier glasses, grills in. But when they get on that field, they ball out of control. Got to put some respect on their names. Set the rookie receiving yards in a season. My man, Jamar Chase. Let's go to number two. And he broke his record. Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, you sleeping. What they do is, I got to do it. My son does it. What they be doing? Oh, God dang, I can't do it. I'm getting old. What they be doing a little bit? I got on these church scooters. I can't do it. Anyway, he does it. He do it a lot, too, because he score a lot. He is the number two receiver in peewee football right now. I'm telling you because I coach peewee football. You want to know who number one is? Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. That's who number one. Every wow. kid in the world. Right now, think they want to be Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford. To me, this list accurately reflects production. Your list is anticipating production or is looking back at some production that shouldn't be as high as yours. So, Shall you take a challenge? Omitting Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen is an egregious Well, you know that's my brother from another. It's an egre- You've had several egregious errors in got, your life on this show. But two. omitting Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen in place of Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson, egregious error. Hmm. I'm, I'm not mad at this. You can't. Uh, you Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. It's more than Carl Adams. Not- 
Waller's in the building. Waller's going to steal something. Adam Huh? Adam Thielen. got always a hamstring. He, he ain't never go line now. <laughs> Stop lying. How, how could you leave off Diggs and Allen? Explain yourself. Okay, I left off Josh Allen and Diggs. One, because of my favoritism. I knew you were going to try and attack me if I put them on there, but I didn't know you are going to have a number one. I left off Justin Herbert, and he had options. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Josh Allen, along with Stephon Diggs. I left those three off because in anticipation, I think there's going to be a little bit of robbery on these teams. With the Chargers, you got two guys that's over 1,000 yards, actually over 1,100 yards, but neither one of them is going to get into the 13, 14, 1600s like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, et cetera. Why I left Josh Allen off? Because last year they had some struggles in the running game. I think they're going to fix those, and they're going to start being more complimentary to balance it out for them to get over the hub. Doesn't mean that they're sorrier, just the production won't be. The here's, my, here's my problem. Here's, okay. here's my other problem. I got a problem with I yours. see about 1,400 yards here. Nope. Less. No, where you at? Where you no. at? Talk to me. Less. Under. Guaranteed. Well, no, okay. what do you mean? 1399 is under. <laughs> <laughs> Price okay. is right. We see 1300 yards here. Uh, I can see 1250 here. Yeah, yeah, come, come back down. Come back down. I can see 1200 yards here. I can see 1500 yards here. There we go, pop. I can see 1150 here. I don't see 1150. Here I see like 750. What? You saw 13, almost 1400 last year. He had more than. Except Cooper Cup. Uh, 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 he got remember. three, four of those dudes. You don't have Hollywood anymore, Sal. Yeah. So them safeties that have to immediately pedal on snap, right. they just sit here flat-footed. Rashad Bateman is not the burner really? that Hollywood Brown is. Oh, really? So we, so everyone was backpedaling on the guy who was going to drop the ball. Oh, okay. He was going to get open. He was going to get open. He was a threat. <laughs> I'll give you that. Here's my thing. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both had 11-plus, so if, if they 1,100-plus already and they still with a young up-and-coming Justin Herbert, how come the Chargers didn't crack your list on any level? That's a good question. Come on. I cannot put – because who – first off, give me which one. Allen, because Allen be hurt. So I can't be going But their numbers were the same. Williams had more touchdowns. Williams had more yards per catch. But Keenan Allen, the dude. He's, he's a, a beast. Dude. He's a beast. He's a if he was healthy Focus. the majority of his career, I think Keenan Allen would yeah. be flirting with Hall of Fame. Yeah. But you know Keenan Allen be hurt. That's the reason I can't, I rock, I can't rock with Keenan Allen. I hear you. I hear you. If you want to go Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, when push comes to shove, we've seen Travis Kelsey do it with his body and with his mind. Yeah. Remember, Buffalo Bills, milliseconds left in regulation. Travis Kelsey threatens the corner back to the sideline, comes back in, give catches that. the ball from Rags. home, goes to the ground, Chiefs go to overtime, Chiefs win. I have yet to see Herbert Travis. nor Allen, do it, Herbert Travis. or Williams be able to do that. Do it, Kelsey! Do it, do it, do it, Kelsey! Ah, <laughs> uh, any other, okay. You gave me the upside to Carr and Adams. Give me how it could not work. That's a phenomenal point. Think about the pressure in the AFC West. Because Russell Wilson is likely going to team up with Jerry Judy Jerry. or Cortland yeah. Sutton. Either way, he's going to team up and he's going to ball. Squad. You got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. They're going to do their thing. Then on the flip side, you got Justin Herbert. You know he's going to ball. Mm. Think about how much pressure is now on Derek Carr. Mm. Paid and Devontae Adams just got paid. Okay. So these are two players that between those two is what roughly $300 million in total contracts. Mm. Mm. Y'all got to show up. Mm. The way that this falls short for me, Sal, new offense, new head coach, okay. and you got to really show up. Uh. Derek Carr has not been under this much pressure since he signed his $125 million deal back in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Sound like some pressures on Josh McDaniels to do better this time as the head coach. Sounds like it may be a little bit of a gamble.
in Las Vegas. You like that, Acho? Me either. Coming up, Phoenix is out to a 2-0 lead. Heller told me to say it. That 2-0 lead in the series against Dallas. Let me tell you if anyone can cool down the Suns as I do that dance. What's that dance called? The Gritty. Bro. The Gritty. Next on Speak for you're Yourself. Doing, I don't know what you're doing, the Griddle. I'm doing the Grady. Sanford is. Luka Doncic. Oh, I love it. Scored a game high 35 points last night, but not enough to slow down the red hot Suns. Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined for 58 points. And the Suns are now up 2-0 in the series. Acho, can anyone stop the Suns? Stop the Suns? Duh. Stop the um, Suns? Let's not overreact to what we're seeing by the Suns. Let's not overreact to it. Now, what we're seeing by Chris Paul, overreact to that. <laughs> there you go. Chris Paul, the beast. That My part. goodness gracious. Chris Paul gets whatever shot he wants whenever he wants it. And it's most impressive because he's not a freak athlete. He's a wily old vet who knows how to mm. beat you with a step back, who knows how to beat you off the pick and roll game, who knows how to beat you off the pick and pop game. He knows how to beat you each and every way. Watching Chris Paul, incredibly S- impressive. Sensei. But do not be deceived by the Mavs' atrocious and porous defense. Okay. Furthermore, as much as we love Luka to Don, and we should, because offensively, Luka is a beast. Luka was getting picked on last night yes. to the tune of 12 consecutive points between Chris Paul and Devin Booker. It was truly just take your turn. They were legitimately running screen and rolls off Shamit and letting Luka switch, and Chris Paul would see Luka and cook. Then Devin Booker would do the same thing, see Luka and cook. So I'm not going to overreact to what the Suns are doing to the Mavs, particularly what the Suns are doing offensively, Uh. because Luka is a defensive liability. Mm -hmm. The reason Luka's on the floor is because Luka has 35 points per game on average and truly has the highest points per game in the playoff, exceeding that of Michael Jordan, if I am not mistaken, at this junction in time. Mm. But keep in mind who's remaining in the playoffs. Let's go. You still have the likes of the Golden State Warriors. And with the Golden State Warriors, they have so many offensive players that it is going to be hard for these Phoenix Suns to go out there and do what they do. You still have the likes of the Memphis Grizzlies. If somehow the Memphis Grizzlies get past the uh, uh, Golden State Warriors. And then you got John Morant and all of his offense. And then on the Eastern Conference side, there's so much defense over there. I'm not even worried about what the Suns are doing with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Because you got Marcus Smart, Defense Player of the Year. Plus, you got Drew Holiday over there. You got Jimmy Butler over there who can play lockdown D at any point in time. So I'm not even worried about what the Suns are doing as it pertains to if they end up getting to the NBA Finals. Mm. Suns are nice. Chris uh, Paul is nicer. But yes, the Suns can be stopped. I can see why you don't fully appreciate the Suns. I can see why. Because you were told as a youngster, like we all were told, not to look at the Sun. Hmm. But now you're stuck, bro. You better stare at this Sun right now. These Suns silly. Oh, you haven't been watching? Oh, you think it's about Luka getting abused defensively in the pick and roll? Where Luka at? Whoever guard Luka, whoever with Luka, come here. Run that pick. Luka. Chris Paul was in there beating that ball up. Whoa, that was pretty to watch. Here's the thing. It's not just two games they've been doing this. They have the best record in the NBA this year. Everybody felt this at some point in time during the regular season. They shoot the best of all teams. In the NBA, yeah, the Phoenix Suns, uh-huh. You thought it'd be the Golden State Warriors? No, the Phoenix Suns, y'all. They watching Luka cook, too, 35, 45, and they're losing by an average of 13.5. They smoking them when they getting the best version of Luka out there, man. Ooh, I'll tell you, you got to look at this team. They never lost more than two games in a row the entire regular season. How they going to lose a series, bro? How they go lose the series? Phoenix Suns are here. I thought it was Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors. 
But the Warriors got some shooting woes that they haven't got themselves out of the slump just yet. So the team that scored the most points in the playoffs, Phoenix Suns, with the highest field goal percentage, Phoenix Suns, that's the team you need to start looking at. Start to stare at the Suns. But think about what we're judging this off of, Sal. Like, we're really asking this question based off, based off what the Suns have done in this series. Nah, we are. It's because just timing. Suns in round one, we weren't really that impressed or intimidated by the Suns. I understand Devin Booker missed some games. That but part. there were times where analysts and even us on this show questioned it. Other analysts nationally said the Suns weren't going to get out of round one without Devin Booker. I remember oh, when okay. that was I a conversation. See that. Yeah, yeah. But now... The Suns, who were 5-0 and versus the Dallas Mavericks, including the playoffs, we're overreacting. The Suns got the Mavs number. That's it. Because it's not a great matchup for the Mavs. That's it. The Suns have too much firepower, primarily at the guard position, mm. and the Mavs have no defense, primarily at the guard position. So I don't want to overreact to a matchup issue. The Suns match up incredibly well versus these Dallas Mavericks. Conversely, the Suns were 2-2 two and two versus the Golden State Warriors over the course of the regular season. Mm. So I just don't want this to be some sort of glaring overreaction because while the Suns looked incredible yesterday, what Chris Paul and Devin Booker were doing to Luka offensively, they're just not doing to other people in the NBA right now. Oh, They're just not. Because truth be told, and you know this when you watch it because you know it as an elite athlete, Luka's feet are slow. Like, there was a point where Chris Paul... Well, so what's fast then? No, Luke is just slow. <laughs> He's just crafty. He just he know cra- where to go with it. He's as crafty as can be. And, and crafty works on offense. Oh, yeah. But crafty does not work nah, on nah, defense. Nah. You got to move. Anquan Bolden. You got to move. 4-7, if I believe. Wide receiver. One of the best wide receivers of the generation, although he was just a 4-7-40. Jerry Rice. 4-7-40, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe 4-6-8. Greatest receiver of all time. Max. Name a great slow DB. A great slow DB? <laughs> a great slow cornerback? Uh, no, I, this is my homeboy. I don't know if he was fast or not, but it just didn't look all that good in the uniform when they were winning championships. Ty Law. Ty Law didn't look that I fast. I got to check. I don't but know like, Ty Law didn't we, look that we fast. We can name some great slow I'm just saying. wide receivers. Yeah, you're right. Cooper Cup. But you ain't going to name no elite slow defensive backs. Reason I bring that up. Mm, good point. Luka is phenomenal on offense, although he is slow by NBA standards. But he's getting exposed right now. What Luka's doing, how Luka's getting exposed, the Suns cannot expose anybody else offensively. <sighs> Something's going to happen if they face the Golden State Warriors, though. Something's going to happen on that perimeter. Clay is not Clay fully. He's, I don't know if he'll ever be Clay fully again. He's not the same level of two-way player. Let's be real. Steph Curry's always been an issue to recognize on defense. You know, think Chris Paul, who's now vegan, looking light. I mean, he's about to turn 37, look at 27, because he's over there eating all them plants. Oh, no, big dog. It might get interesting this year with the team with the highest NBA net rating, the Phoenix Suns. Coming up, was Kyrie Irving snubbed for the NBA's top 75 team? Uh-oh. He thinks he should have been on it. We'll tell you if we agree. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Give me another slow. Kyrie Irving is a seven-time All-Star. That is Kyrie Irving, an NBA champion as well. But he was not named on a member of the NBA's Top 75 team. Now, a number of people feel he was snubbed, and Kyrie agrees, saying, quote, I feel like I deserve to be on that Top 75 list and simply because I'm part of the revolution of this game. Close quote. So, Sal, are Kyrie Irving's comments on being snubbed for the top 75 fair or foul? Oh, they're fair. Um, just close your eyes real quick. I know we're in public and on television. 
And just think of 75 basketball players better than Kyrie Irving. Got okay, it. Open your eyes, because I know you couldn't find them. It was dark in there. <laughs> what the hell? Who making this list up? And who in the hell is hating on Kyrie Irving? 75? Now, I understand you got a lot to consider. Era, style of play, how the stats are inflated now compared to before. Blah, blah, blah. You trying to tell me there's 75 better than Kyrie Irving? The wizard himself? Kyrie Irving, who is out there a magician with the basketball. Let's just give you some statistical information. I was doing my homework before this break. Kyrie Irving averages more points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks than who? Reggie Miller. I'm not saying Reggie Miller doesn't belong on the list. Duh. But I'm just saying get Kyrie on this list. Also got an NBA title. Reggie didn't get. Um, stop that, Marcel. You sound like you're hating on Reggie Miller the Great. Kyrie Irving currently averages more points than Westbrook, Carmelo, Giannis, Ka Giannis? Giannis, Kawhi, and CP3. All of them deserve to be on the list, just like Kyrie Irving. Higher field goal percentage than Carmelo the Great, Harden, Dane Dalla, and Westbrook. They all deserve to be on the list. So does Kyrie Irving. And he shoots better from deep than Kawhi, Chris Paul, Dane, Dane? And Carmelo. Man, will y'all stop? I, I get his political views or his social views and doesn't agree with everyone. Y'all can't be hating like that. This dude is a top 75 basketball player, and I'm here to grab the pom-poms to support him. Kyrie's comments are foul. Oh, stop. He is a top 75 talent. Absolutely. But the list was not, are you one of the top 75 most talented players of all time? It's talking about, are you one of the top 75 greatest players of all time? Best players of all time. And he's not one of the top 75 best players, Sal, because to be one of the top 75 best players, you got to talk about how much you played. <laughs> <laughs> like, to be a great oh, player. That, that count? <laughs> You gotta play. What do you mean play? Like, I don't want to talk about averages oh, at this stop, function stop. in time. Oh, you now don't? I, well, now I gotta talk about aggregates. Now I gotta talk about totality. Because when you talk about a guy like Reggie Miller, no doubt about it, Kyrie Irving might have a higher average than somebody like Reggie. But we can't sleep on the fact that Reggie played for all of, what, 18 seasons. We can't yeah. sleep on the fact that oh, the beast. fewest games, beast. the fewest games Reggie Miller played was 50. Even in his last year at age 39, he played and started 66. Mm. How many games did Kyrie Irving play this year? Mm. At the ripe age mm. of what is he, 30, 29? Mm. Like how many games did Kyrie Irving play? 29 games he played. So is Kyrie one of the top 75 most talented players? Sure. But then I'm looking about guys like Dame. Because to bring Kyrie on, you got to kick somebody off. Kyrie is not more accomplished in totality than Dame. Dame, six-time All-NBA. Six-time All-NBA is Dame, sir. What? Now, Kyrie got a chip with LeBron James. Ding, 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 ding. What Kyrie got without LeBron? Because <laughs> look at Kyrie's resume oh, without I LeBron. I know what he got. Look at Dame's resume without Lebron Rookie at of the, the year. End of the day, oh, same thing Dame got. Anyway, at the end of the day, you Here cannot put... Yep, Dame got six. Mm -hmm. So at the point at which you want to put MVP. Kyrie on, you got to take somebody else off. Oh, yeah, I'm not that. taking off Dame. Yeah, I ain't taking off, off AD. We're not taking them off. we just bringing Kyrie on. Oh, want to do top 76? <laughs> no, no, no. All they, top, actually, all actually, they did. They actually did that. Bill Sharman was 76. I was like, what the hell? Y'all can't even do the 75 list right. First of all, I don't want to hear you talk about attendance when we're talking about grades, tests, and quizzes, teacher. 
Oh, Johnny comes to school more than you, Marcellus. I give a damn. He need to come to school more than me because he ain't as smart as me. When them tests come out, I get them A's. And that's who we talk about, Kyrie. You want to say, oh, well, they're all available. So, Kyrie, who else went through a pandemic? Go. On this list right here, 76 names on the 75-person list. Who else went through the pandemic? Kyrie had to deal with it. You, ooh. Does he belong on the list, being real? Come on, Dave, Dave Cowens. Come on. Respect. I don't know who y'all are. Coming up, the Sixers are down, but James Harden is taking it all in stride. Don't say rest in peace. Rest in peace. He might be in here. We'll tell you if he's keeping it 100, just 99. Next, I'll speak for yourself. Dolph Shays, Jerry Lucas, respect. On this show, we only know how to keep it 100, but others, y'all keep it 99. So East Day going to get to the bottom of who's really telling the truth. Case in point, the Sixers are down 2-0 heat after last night's loss, but James Harden does not seem overly concerned. Take a listen to the beard. We're still a confident group, and we're going to go home and, and, and do what we're supposed to do. You know, like, in the playoffs, uh, the series doesn't start to, you know, the road team wins, and uh, we didn't get one, you know, out of the first two, but go home and take care of business, and we'll be back here for game five. I chose James Harden. <laughs> keeping it 100 or keeping it 99. Uh, he keeping it 99. Now, I respect the confidence from which he was speaking, but he has to understand, like, this series definitely started. And it started fast. <laughs> them boys beat you by 14, oh, and two. them boys beat you by 16. Yeah. The series on and popping, James. Yeah, James, it doesn't start until the road team wins, but it can end before the road team wins. Oh, you didn't catch that logic right there, James. It's somewhere in that beard, big dog. Come on, man. We got 13 more seconds. So this is our Friday. You know what that means? We're going to have a great weekend. What are you doing? I'll tell you anything. You're going to a comedy show again? I'm going to see man. Bill Burr tonight. Look, Give me a shout out. Get tackled on stage. I'm going to run up on stage. <laughs> have a great weekend. Can you imagine? <laughs> Ain't no security going to hurt me. <laughs>